We did it. Night one of the NBA has come to a conclusion. It was a fun run. We got a few games to go over, just the New Orleans Pelicans and the Toronto Raptors for an OT thriller, and the first battle of Los Angeles with Kawhi and Anthony Davis added to the vault. So I'll go ahead and let the music bring me in, but then after that, I'll go ahead and dive in on kind of the action tonight. So the Kawhi-less Raptors started their title defense tonight. They also got to get their rings. Um, The banner looked pretty good, too. I saw that, and it had a lot of people's names on it, which I thought was really interesting. The freshly paid Pascal Siakam, who just received an extension for four years, $130 million, and by all reports has showed up in great shape and is ready to make the next step and really wants to prove it. The Raptors have stuck with most of their core, hoping to stay relevant despite losing Danny Green and Kawhi. Unfortunately, this game lost a little bit of its luster with the bummer news that Zion will be out for six to eight weeks. This was supposed to be his debut, but since he had surgery on a torn meniscus, which is scary for all of us basketball fans out there, Luckily, Drew Holiday is joined by a new cast of former top Laker picks and J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, all of whom made their debut tonight for the Pelicans. Like I alluded to earlier, it was a hell of a game. It was an overtime game that the Raptors ended up taking control of in extra time, winning 130 to 122. Pascal Siakam and Van Fleet kicked off the post-Kawhi era by scoring 34 each, a career high for Van Fleet which was not the case for Siakam, but he managed to bring in 18 rebounds. Kyle Lowry struggled from the field, scoring 22 on 4 of 15 shooting, but eventually hit a dagger 3 in overtime. Serge chipped in with 13 points and 5 boards. On the losing side of things, I thought the young Pelicans had some things to be really excited about. They were led by Brandon Ingram, who scored 22 on 8 of 19 shooting. He had some really great drives, but also some drives that made you go, wait, what just happened? I really enjoyed seeing Josh Hart score 15 on 3 of 5 from deep. If he can continue to be that guy, he can become a real asset for that team. Lonzo scored 8 with 5 assists and 5 rebounds, but went 2 for 3 from deep. Really enjoyed watching Nicolo Melli, rookie free agent from Europe, score 14 on 4 of 5 shooting from 3. Melli had 9 points in the first 4 minutes of his career. On the other side of things, Nikhil Alexander-Walker got his first regular season NBA action after a stellar preseason. Dude was born in 1998, if anybody wants to feel old. He was not afraid to pull that trigger either. He was pulling from deep, but kind of had the opposite effect, going 1 for 7 from 3. Drew Holiday provided a solid 13 and 6. The Pelicans jumped on the Raptors to start the game, and after a Redick 3, were up 13-4 before the Raptors had to call a timeout. Being the season team that they are, the Raptors shortly went on a 14-2 run right after that. But that's when the Pelicans heated up and made a run in the second, at one point going 4-5 for five from 3 in the second quarter. Toronto rookie free agent Terrence Davis got his first bucket of his career, scoring 5 in the game. Keep an eye on Davis as his athleticism could definitely make him a possible factor in the rotation going forward. At halftime, the Pelicans led 61-56, shooting 45% from three to that point. A significant part of that was J.J. Redick, who had 16 on 6 of 9 from shooting, 4 of 6, which was from beyond the arc. 
Van Fleet really took control in the third quarter before he sprained his ankle on a cameraman. As things were getting down to it, I really got to see the Pelicans' ball movement. I really enjoyed it. I really hope it stays this way. They played 13 guys tonight, so it will be interesting to see if they continue to keep the rotation this big. One of the beneficiaries of that large rotation was Jaleel Okafor, who was playing meaningful minutes there towards the end and had a few mistakes where he fouled Lowry on a big three with two minutes left, and it was tied. So Lowry went to the line and he made two of them. I was very impressed by Spicy P, and I thought he was very clutch in the last few minutes until he fouled out when they were down by two with 50 seconds left. It was a great charge draw by J.J. Redick. The last two possessions weren't a good look by either team as they got a terrible three from Drew Holiday where the play just didn't work out for the Pelicans, followed by a 1-4 by Powell. And needless to say, it was a deep step back three in kind of Dame Lillard range, and it didn't go as planned. In overtime, the Raptors didn't have Siakam, but it turns out they didn't need him. They played even until a big three by Van Fleet, followed by a dagger by Lowry. Both teams will be in action on Friday. Um, New Orleans is going to be hosting Dallas, while the Raptors will be at Boston. And moving on to the main event, the Clippers were hosting the Lakers at Staples Center for an exciting opener and maybe just one of the most high-profile Lakers versus Clippers battle in years. This morning, I looked at tickets on SeatGeek and just to grab a solo 300-level seat, it was $276 just to get in the door. And that being said, that was at 10 a.m. Pacific time this morning. Obviously, going into both games, there were tons of changes on both sides. The Clippers added two stars in Kawhi and Paul George while also maintaining a decent amount of depth, which, given that Paul George is still recovering from a shoulder surgery, might be necessary. Mo Harkless and Patrick Patterson are also making their first appearance with the Clippers. On the other side of things, the Lakers made quite a big splash too, adding former number one pick and six-time All-Star Anthony Davis. Well, that's obviously the biggest addition. Something else that the Lakers are getting back is an engaged, rested LeBron James, who after his injury last year clearly seemed to have some sort of, you know, difficulty re-engaging with the current roster as it was. In addition to those two, they added Danny Green, Quinn Cook, and Avery Bradley, who will also be making their first Lakers appearance. The Lakers are in a seven-way tie for the roster with the least amount of continuity from last year. And if you didn't already know, in the first battle of L.A., the Clippers held off the technically visiting Lakers, winning 112-102. to It seemed like the Clippers had control for most of the game. The Lakers were scary, though, taking the lead at the end of the third before the Clippers took the lead for one last time and never looked back. Kawhi helped lead the Clips to their first win of the year, scoring 30 points on 10 of 19 shooting, while also just being a straight assassin in the mid-range. The next group deserving credit was the Clippers bench. The Clippers had four guys come off the bench scoring double digits, led by Lou Williams with 21. Montrez Harrell had 17 and nine boards. Jermichael Green scored 12 on four of seven shooting from three. And former Blazer Mo Harkless made his debut for the Clippers, dropping in 10 points. On the other side of things, leading the way for the Lakers was Danny Green, who scored 28 points, shooting a scorching 7 of 9 from 3, outscoring his fellow Laker debut man, Anthony Davis, who had 25 and 10. LeBron had a smooth and easy 18, 9, and 8. And of course, I gotta tell you what was going on with Dwight Howard, and he was actually one of the first two dudes off the bench for the Lakers. There are a lot of people that are really excited about him, 
And I'll just say I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. I will say the dude looked in shape, but had three fouls in 10 minutes and ended the game with three points and six boards in 19 minutes. Now, the Caldwell Pope stat line was pretty interesting. He played 27 minutes and didn't score a single point. On the sideline for this one was Paul George, who had a very nice bow tie on. No Rondo in the game either. Kuzma didn't play because of a stress fracture in his left foot, which is something to monitor going forward, no doubt. After watching this game, the Clippers are going to be scary. With Harrell and Lou Will on the bench, it's going to be tough. That was a playoff team last year. Kawhi and Paul George will make that team super scary. Last random observation, I'm not sure I like the Clippers' court. It was black and red and blue and kind of all over the map. But that being said, Steve Ballmer's been kind of all over the map since he, you know, had that weird bird kind of be their mascot. Up next for the Lakers, they have a home game on Friday against the Utah Jazz. The Clippers also get to stay in California when they travel up to Golden State to play on Thursday to open up the Chase Center in San Francisco. All right, well, here's some other around-the-NBA notes. Uh, Steve Kerr said Clay Thompson is done for the year. I'll kind of take that with a grain of salt, but I get it if they choose to do so um, because obviously rushing him back would be a terrible mistake if he were to get hurt again. Plus, the KD stuff is a little bit dicey for the Warriors training staff. We also had lots of extensions signed. Jalen Brown signed with the Celtics for four years, $115 million. Buddy Heald signed four years, $106 million with the Kings. Sabonis signed four years, $77 million with the Pacers just a few days after everybody thinking he was going to get traded. DeJounte Murray signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Spurs, which is going to keep him around in San Antonio. And maybe this year we can finally see what everybody was so excited about. Torian Prince, who the Nets actually just traded for this offseason, just signed a two-year, $29 million extension. And of course, I can't forget Joe Ingles, the math teacher, signed a one-year, $14 million extension. On the other side of things, I have some bad news. Our favorite big three MVP, Iso Joe, has been waived by the Pistons, which I know is devastating, but things happen. Also, former Suns number four overall pick Josh Jackson has had his option declined by the Grizzlies, which is pretty sad to see at this point, but I hope he can turn it around on the court and off the court. And lastly, Victor Oladipo scrimmaged with his teammates for the first time. Who knows what it means? Who knows how intense it was? But it's still encouraging, and we could be excited about it because we don't have much else to do. Just to give you a little preview of what to expect next, we've got 11 games tomorrow. The Nuggets travel to Portland for the season opener, which will be on ESPN, followed by the Celtics 76ers, which will be the second game of the doubleheader, which is pretty exciting. One, if not both of those games, should be pretty crazy. I know the atmosphere at the Moda Center will be wild. Only three games on Thursday, though. Uh, Bucks, Rockets, Clippers, Warriors will all be on TNT. I look forward to kind of following up with that and talking a little bit about what happens tomorrow and Thursday on this podcast. So keep following and keep listening, and I'll chat with you on Thursday. Peace. Peace.